Good. So, so you've been thinking about, uh, you know, this topic of uh, what sustains me. What is spirituality? Well, the first thing is, of course, a problem with the definition. But I, I think that, so I started to think about when I was first aware of something. I know the question is what, but <laughs> kind of like um, something besides this apparent reality or something different that was accessible. Um, and I have a couple of memories. One is um, crossing the street when I was in elementary school from the school on the way home. And as I was, we walked home, as I was walking home, I suddenly had an image of myself from above, like there's a little girl walking down the street. Uh-huh. And I, sort of out of body, I was aware that it was unusual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't, didn't have any words for these things. And then it's very hard for me to separate that from other feelings of being different because I'm a triplet and from wow. the, I'm the fraternal one. And from my earliest memories in the womb, I was aware that there were two others who were in sync with each other and I was in a different rhythm. And they shared an egg, a placebo. And we think they're identical, so, um, and we would rest alike till we were 12. But I was always aware of being different or kind of in a different, are you there? Yeah, yeah I'm here, I'm here, I'm fascinated yeah, by the, I mean, that's kind of a, rhythm yeah. from others. Yeah. And even now when we get together, one says, I have to go to the bathroom, the other one says, oh, I have to go to the bathroom, and I don't. You know, they're always kind of getting up earnestly to, in, this, in a very similar rhythm, and my rhythms are very different. Yeah. So... It's feeling kind of orbiting slightly outside other people's orbits, I think. Hmm. And I guess also I can't, these are early memories. I, um, we had a typical noisy Jewish family, lots of hubbub and intrusions and all that, interruptions. I always had the feeling of number one, craving silence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and being very bored with the kind of chit-chat that other people seem to be immensely interested in, like the next good place to eat or who paid more or less for things. And I always had a feeling that that was not where I was really living. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But again, I never thought about words for any of these things, and kind of being different was something I just kind of, for granted. Um, luckily, I, I functioned in this world well enough. Um, but there was always a feeling of being an outsider, of being different, or somehow being called to a different rhythm, a different something. Yeah. And I think that the thing about the being bored by the chit-chat was not so much a feeling that there was another reality or another set of meaningful connections you know, behind this apparent chaos and everydayness of the world, um, but somehow longing for a greater harmony, I guess, or a greater silence or something, since I can remember. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so just to give you, to, to, to play back some of, um, you know, what I heard, is there is something about, you know, a certain distance, like that experience, that out-of-body experience of 
looking at yourself from the outside. There's that very, very, very early experience of otherness, um, where, you know, in a normal way, in a typical way, people consider being siblings uh, one of the closest way of being close. And, um, your experience is given how close the, 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 uh, the, the twins were that being the triplet that's fraternal, uh, felt very different. So mm-hmm. highly sensitized to being different. Um, and, um, you know, that sense of, you know, like, uh, marching to in a different rhythm. And so mm-hmm. the ordinary, uh, conversation bullshit is something that you're also, uh, you know, aware of as not your rhythm. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. And a yearning, I guess. Yeah. For something else. Yeah. Sometimes, many years later, you know, working with archetypes and stuff, I, I used to actually kind of fantasize. My mother would read to us before sleep, and and mostly she was very literate and loved literature, and, and you know, we grew up with a lot of reading and books. And, but um, I used to dream of the what I would think of as the perfect mother coming to me as I'm falling asleep and she'd be sort of dressed all in white and very quiet and graceful and listen and just be able to sit silently with me. Uh, And my mother was quite the opposite, very earthly, very talkative. (laughs) Very much in this this world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So so the... You were talking about the yearning for something else, and Mm -hmm. uh, in that sense, the dream of that mother who is so different from your very earthy mother. Yeah, and I think it's important in two ways. One is to have had a mother like that, and the other is just to connect to somebody else in a space of kind of silence and sensing that I didn't even know how to ask for since everybody was so talkative around me mostly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so as you talk about it from this perspective, it feels very right in terms of the question of uh, what sustains me. And that sense of, um, um, you know, there's that... That yearning that's been with you is is really a big part. I guess that goes with loneliness too. That's another big. Um, and I once had a conversation with Jack Cornfield about this. Interesting enough, because he's a twin, and he's not close to his twin. So there's a feeling of like there should be an other, but there isn't. Mm. Uh, or the others are in there rhythm, and you're waiting for your others or something, um, to, to be met in that place. Yeah, yeah, so maybe the, is it, um, uh, and is there that, that am I hearing right, that the aloneness is is, uh, is even stronger, that feeling, given that, you know, you normally expect to have more of a connection I think that's part of what drew me to, there are many pieces of that that drew me to pieces of spiritual practices later on, but one of them was, I found it 
immensely comforting to remember that I was connected to all, all living things around me. Mm-hmm, I guess mm-hmm. not people, but even if I was not feeling connected to people, I was still connected to sentient beings, to a world. So, so you have a place in the world. You're connected. You're, uh, uh, you know, that that's the um, uh, the very different from that sense of otherness. Otherness and disconnected, uh, so I have that sense mm-hmm. of almost, uh, you know, if you, you saw a movie and you'd have uh, a person in the middle of a cocktail party and have that inane chit-chat that's going on so much that blah, 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 mm-hmm. and that, you know, uh, and, and feels very separating. And in contrast, mm-hmm. it sense a deep connection with the, everything in the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And again, it comes back to Judaism and not. I think my experience of Judaism is so much focused on human beings and connections and community with human beings. And there wasn't much teaching about connection to just life around us. Mm -hmm. It's that whole thing about stewardship over the earth or connect, you know, dominion over versus, you know, interconnected with, and until I started hearing language that talked about interconnected with everything else, uh, that was, that was music to my ears. So, so it was a revelation about Judaism that you didn't know when you were growing up. Well, I, I, what I was exposed to in Judaism didn't, didn't speak to my feelings about spirituality, even if I couldn't define it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was about it was about doing good in the world or raising money for good causes or you know something like that. But it, it didn't it didn't really talk about um, the you know different realities beyond, except of course God, which I couldn't relate to either very much. So I didn't realize it as spiritual. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of clues I think when we were. Uh, Nine and ten years old, we spent the summer at Quaker, a Quaker camp. And they had, the first Sunday was called Meditation in the Dell. It was a little wooded um, clearing where we all sat in silence for 45 minutes and wow. spoke if we were moved. But I mean, at eight or nine, I was very comfortable with that silence. I remember being very engrossed in looking at the, sitting on the ground and looking at the bugs and the ants and the leaves. And I uh, was perfectly entertained. Yeah, yeah. So so during this moment of enforced uh, loneliness in a way paradoxically you don't feel lonely and you find a sense of deep connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because everybody was silent together. Yeah. So um if is it would it be fair to summarize the answer to the question you know like um um well what sustains you mm, what sustains me is a sense of deep connection to uh to the universe to 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 life to things around me to everything that exists mm-hmm. and the practices that help bring about that connection mhm mhm and, you know, there is something about these practices being related to Judaism that's important to you. Being related to what? To Judaism. Yes. Um, 
kind of in the back door, though. It was more that I spent so many years studying Buddhism that I then asked myself, it must be here in Judaism, and there must be other places to look that I wasn't exposed to. So I started to search. But I, I think I experienced it elsewhere. First, the other place I experienced it that was in Judaism that has continued throughout my life was at age 14 going to Israel, spending the summer there. And the dancing immediately transported me somewhere else. Hmm. So there's something for you about um, dancing. And I remember when you had uh, emailed from that conference about movement and how, you know, I was really so happy that you were able to introduce movement there. So something about mm -hmm. movement that uh, mm -hmm. that's very deeply sustaining to you. Mm -hmm. I guess in two ways. One is, you know, on an individual level, um, some movement therapists talk about and supposedly... Um, um, Mary Whitehouse, who worked with Carl Jung, um, said this first in this way, but I don't know who said it first. But first, you're moving the movements, like when you're learning steps and it's all very self-conscious and kind of driven by ego or will or memory. And then the movement takes over and the movement moves you. Mm -hmm. And there's mm -hmm. a way in which you're being moved as you move, where you really lose yourself in the movement and your sense of separateness and self-consciousness and all of that. And you, you are the dance. Um, that's corny too, but, but you really are. And that I felt at 14 because especially in the Israeli folk dances, you did them over and over, hour after hour, till things really start shifting. You're no longer worried about steps. You're just swept up in this thing. And then the other part of it in folk dance is you're moving in lines and circles. And by the way, I just read an interesting bit of research. They're now doing brain research and you're, you're obviously your brain changes and people's brains synchronize when they're dancing together mm -hmm. folk dance. Because you have to be very aware if you're doing your own dancing, you're not aware of your neighbors. You have to stay in your place in line. If you go too fast, too slow, you break the continuity of the line. If you're dancing too far forward, too far back, you break the smoothness of the line. So you're always having to sense and adjust yourself to. And especially when the, the dances get very fast and jumping and moving, you really have to stay within your formation. So mm -hmm. the combination of, of um, and you can't think your way through it because as soon as you do that, you've you've lost the flow. So you just you, you really have to sense immediately where you are, and and how your movement is is in harmony with people around you. And it's a very wonderful feeling, really, when there's a whole room of fast moving circles and lines, and you just kind of whip the thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So so that kind of dancing, uh, literally is uh, an experiential way to feel very much part of a group and um, of sensing the group's presence, the group's movement, of being in it mm -hmm. at a very deep level, mm -hmm. not in none. You, you can't fake it. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. And again, that came before I would have, I would have thought it pretentious to call it spiritual. You know, I didn't. I didn't. I thought... Spiritual was something very um, pious or holy or white robes or mm -hmm, other things. Mm -hmm. It certainly wasn't sweating and lines of people all moving together. But, um, you know, yeah. looking back, I can see that it was very much so energetically. Yeah. No, but that's why we're calling this project, you know, What Sustains Me, to so avoid that uh, that sense of, oh, 
spiritual has to be white robes and uh, angelic voices mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. yeah so so even without putting the concept or even at an age where you might have been you know not comfortable putting that concept together with it you sensed it as something that had that kind of deep sustenance with something that uh, mm-hmm. that felt very very powerful very moving for you mhm mhm uh, and again it's that it's that loneliness thing i mean uh, and when i was single and when i was in college i used to go folk dancing on the friday nights they have great folk dancing at some of the major universities and you're really with groups of people you may have very little in common but you're you recognize each other and, and in the line dances there's a giving you know giving and taking a sharing a, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you really have participated with people in something and I love that's why I love lava notation all that because you can sense there's circles and lines and diagonals and patterns and that to me is kind of the architecture that hooks you into something greater than yourself um, it's not just random bumping into molecules but there's mm-hmm. really um, orienting in space and connecting energetically connecting spatially connecting yeah, yeah so there, there's an order by yourself yeah so there's an order to it there's not uh, it's mm-hmm. not just random yeah. movement it's not uh, mm-hmm. yeah so so in that sense uh, you know that's that's uh you know like some of the the phrases that can go with it or with uh, you know talking about spirituality would be to to have a sense of perceiving the order of all things but this is not an abstract mm-hmm. thing you are um experiencing that order in the while moving you are and and it's a little like if you if you start to, it's so not abstract that as soon as you think conceptually about it you're out of the, <laughs> the, the the line you know you've lost the connection if you start thinking so it yeah. absolutely has to be sensed and felt yeah yeah so so in a way part of it is is a practice about connection but part of it is also a practice about disconnecting uh that heavy reliance on the logical thinking brain mm-hmm. yeah so um so so obviously you are somebody who's very good at abstract thinking and uh you know but there is a yearning for also disconnecting that part in order to connect more to to that other way of being and that other way of being is one in which you feel more connected to others or not others as individual but others as a you know part of the larger group that's right so it's 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 much more emotional in a way it's mm-hmm. it's more like a sense of belonging mhm mhm yeah yeah so so the sense of belonging which is you know very much at the the other end of the spectrum from that sense of otherness isolation alone different um and there is that sense of actually you know sensing how the group as a whole moves and feeling that you're very much moving in sync and so that's the opposite of uh, of of not moving like your your siblings mm-hmm. right exactly Yeah. I think it, it also led me to my work. I remember 
in the Bronx State Hospital in 1971 near the back wards of psychiatric hospital where they still call people schizophrenic and they'd been, you know, hospitalized for 30 years really out of touch with other people with themselves. And watching how they would join a simple circle dance. And these are people who were so alone and so in their own little bubble. Mm -hmm. Um, Just the, the look on their face, you know, when they were part of something part of the whole, uh, and how anybody could join in, was, moved me enormously. Mm. So that shift from alone um, to actually, you know, crossing that boundary and feeling connected. Mm-hmm. And movement and connection mm-hmm. go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's something that feels very, very powerful, very beautiful there, about that very stark contrast between, in a way, alone and to some extent frozen or tight, or uh, and mm-hmm. then the expansion that comes from movement and connection. Yes. Mm-hmm. And sensing, you know, it's like because it's not, it's, um, it's not, you know, movement alone. That kind of movement is only possible to the extent that the sensing brain, so sensing mind, uh, that connection is there. So, so it's about sensing connection. Is that something that you have, um, 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 you know, that you automatically find, or is it something that you have sometimes to make an effort to find? Um, I think I've always been searching for it, but I think that um, the places I found it came rather easily, like, a folk dancing experience. Mm-hmm. I found it a little bit. I used to be in the orchestra and played the cello, um, making music with other people. Brings it, although I think for me it's more in the body than it is in the ears or the listening. Um, but I mean, uh, you know, these days, for instance, is it something where um, you are? naturally in that space, or is it something that you sometimes have to make an effort to be? Am I naturally in that space of connecting with others? Connecting, music, okay. uh, movement, uh, you know, coming yes, back. Yes, I think I am naturally. Yeah. I think I am naturally, and I think, I think there still is a feeling often for me of living in an alien world. Mm-hmm. Where most of the, most of the everydayness of life is not connected in that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's something of uh, both, um, you know, in some form, um, everyday life is a bit of a, has a bit of that connotation of um, otherness, of alienation, 
but mm-hmm. um, there is the possibility of actually getting into that other dimension of connectedness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm always um, aware of it's not it's it's not described by the world friendly. This is what sustains me. I have a running. Uh, I guess you can quote this. I have a running um, conversation, for example, with my husband, who is very happy doing his banking online, doing a lot of things online. And I try to explain to him why there's a little local Wells Fargo bank right down the corner. Every week, it's part of my routine, is I go there during Wednesday lunch and I deposit the checks from the week and I say hello to the tellers and I say, oh, so-and-so is new or they always greet me when I come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have little jokes. I often come in eating frozen yogurt and we, you know, have a little, or they're watching the cooking channel. And there's a, a little exchanges and it's a sense, it's also a sense of belonging. And somehow wherever I go, I, I actually need to um, make a connection. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. It, it, machines don't do that for me. It's not just about doing the transaction of, depositing checks. That's not really it. A visit to the bank is a sense of place. It's this street. It's those people. It's the regularity of doing it every week. It's um, So that's what makes life meaningful to me, is trying to, as yeah, many yeah. ways as possible, bringing connection into all the tiny things of everyday life. Yeah, yeah. So there's connection, but um, it's connection not just in a simple way of connection by say, saying hello to somebody, but you're introducing, as you're describing it, other um, elements, other other parts of what connection means. And, um, and, and certainly part of it is, for instance, the ritual of something that happens every week. So, um, so there is a sense of, um, it's not just saying hello to one person uh, once, but it's, it's, yeah this is that moment and so um so it has a you're you're enjoying it as as kind of that ritual level yes there's you repetition know. there's patterns that that's what makes it bigger than a one time sort of self conscious thing yeah it starts taking on a life of its own and uh, and so um so so in a way uh for you online banking would be um, something that would be practical, but this, in contrast, is enriched with many other dimensions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, in in that very simple example, there's a sense of you saying what enriches me, what sustains me, is that even relatively simple moments uh, can be done, can be lived, can be experienced in such a way that they're richer and more meaningful. I was gonna, I was gonna. Again, this is kind of pretentious word to use, but I was gonna say transformed. Yeah. 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 You know, when we talk, when we throw around terms like creating meaning or something, it's 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 an active approach to all these moments. It's not just kind of crossing them off a list or getting them done. Or yeah, 
Yeah. It's not no. just outcome. It's not just practicality. It's, it's um, as you said, creating something richer. And, and through the repetition of uh, creating them, I think of it sort of as creating a, net, a holding network. So in my life, I'm not held just by one person or mm-hmm. one community, but there's a, a sort of a fabric around me that I'm touching into all the time. That's part of what holds me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I think that's very nice. You, you, you emphasize the part that's active. So, um, it's not that, quote, the environment is holding type of thing in a, in a passive way. You're receiving it. But, uh, there's like a phenomenological interaction. You do something. It's a choice and it's a way of behaving in the world and the choices you make and the way you experience it that actually mm-hmm. makes this actually holding and meaningful and richer. So I was thinking when you first, uh, about a moment ago, I was thinking, I vow, and it is really time to make every moment a vow moment, but mm-hmm. it's more than that in that it's also a rhythm and repetition. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not just going to the bank once and having an, oh, wow, I talked to a teller, that was a vow moment, but it's going every, it's building relationships, it's building um, connecting links on a chain, you mm-hmm. know, the bank, mm-hmm. the yogurt place, the repetition, the coming back in, the, that um, all of it has a rhythm. Yeah, yeah. And creates a holding environment, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there so again, is... I think that thou is like a one-at-a-time conscious experience, maybe mystical, but this is actually creating a uh, sustainable holding network mm-hmm, mm-hmm. around oneself. Yeah, yeah. And again, um, you're 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 using the creating the holding network around yourself. So mm-hmm. so that's um, so that's a very active thing. Is um, mm-hmm. is that's a choice? I'd rather you know. There's a very con- clear consciousness of I'd rather live that way than not. Mm-hmm. And so, in mm-hmm. order to live that way, here are some of the things I do. And then, as I mm-hmm. do them. Uh, you know, as I experience them weekly, every time I go to the bank, then in a way it's not just that relationship with the bank people, but it's the uh, experience of that holding environment that you have been creating in so many different ways, not just in the bank. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, that's the focal point of that. I was just going over in my mind what a walk to the bank is. It's passing. Just now I walked from the bank here to the office, and I noticed that there's a, um, oh, gosh, what did I notice? A new store, I think. A new, well, there's a, they're painting. There's a new restaurant that moved in, and they're painting a pole green, uh, uh, you know, a light pole, which none of the others on the street. So anyway, you notice changes in the environment. You have your baseline, and then you notice each week what's changed and mm-hmm. it's always the kind of checking in with the whole community, not just, the bank is the focus of the week. It mm-hmm. gives me a little repeated walk. It's you know, sometimes they say in Zen, you know, uh, if you're doing a walking meditation, it's the same path, but one time there's a leaf that's falling, the other time there's a mm-hmm. little so because it's routinized and stable you also notice about against that backdrop. You notice changes too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so that's so, that rhythm of same and change, same and stability and change, stability and change. 
But so, so it's, it's not just in a way stability and change in an abstract way, because, uh, as you describe it this way, it really has a flavor of a relationship. So you have a relationship with the environment, and you're there and, uh, noticing, and, uh, and in a way the environment, oh yeah, this boutique is doing this a little bit differently, or this is there, mm-hmm. so, uh, it has that flavor of interaction as I'm listening to you. That's right, yeah. And I was away a week. I just got back into the office. So you notice it besides the pile of mail to go through, you know, there's little notes, um, don't forget to put the bill in the, you know, the checks in the mail Don't uh, when I come back, or more construction. Now they're working on the store, they're doing this. So you check in after a week again because there's a baseline. You're, you're, you're noticing changes, not so consciously, you know. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. I look around and notice changes, but... Your mind is registering all these things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's the exact opposite of um, walking mindlessly through life, or being in a rush and just being goal-oriented and not noticing. So, this is a moment of actually mm-hmm. uh, being aware of here and now. In a sense. Again, these are so corny because they've been used a lot. But the world becomes alive mm-hmm. around you. Mm-hmm. It speaks to you. It's actually calls your attention. That you know, you push, it pushes back. There's a reciprocity. Yeah, yeah. So very much that sense of connection. Mm-hmm. So again, it's not spiritual in the sense that I used to think it had to be transcendent, transcending mm-hmm. this world. It's more for me about the body and this world, aliveness and this, making this time and place special. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, so in, in a way, um, that's what comes from, uh, you know, my own experience having thought of, you know, approached the spiritual from the theory of what the spiritual is or the ideas or, um, and uh, and this is a different experience that you may not have put in that category, and then um, you know it kind of starts merging and say, oh, that yeah, actually that does correspond to you know certainly to say what a contemplative tradition has to say about life. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Hmm. So that feels very nice. So, you know, maybe let's just take a moment to see how we kind of bookmark this, you know, for one to come back to it another time and just in part of this process of exploring, you know, the, the, the possible writing of what sustains me chapter for you. Mm-hmm. So just um, mm-hmm. what do you want to bookmark from this? What out what? Parts of this do I want to book? Uh, you know, in the, toward the process of writing the chapter, you know, what could mm-hmm. we, uh, you know, what could we, could we uh, bookmark? Um, I, I keep thinking about, uh, you know, the, the aliveness. Inner aliveness, but also aliveness with the world around. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. Making this 
it's it's let's see. Yeah. Uh, sometimes there's a split between a meaningless reality and a, uh, a magical reality behind this reality, but I think it's best when it comes together and you can create magic in this reality and find and create repeated connections and interactions mm-hmm. with all moments, small moments as well as big ones in yeah. this reality. Yeah. This and the, the, the key words, I guess, are connectedness, also sense of belonging, um, not alone. Yeah. So as you're talking about this, you know, the the image that comes to mind, movie, so kind of a movie cliche type situation, but you know how a movie can be shift from black and white to color. And mm-hmm. so that sense of, um, you know, experiencing the world in black and white and it's drab and it doesn't, you know, it's dead, but that, mm-hmm. you know, there's a way of interacting with the world or of being and, you know, that suddenly it comes in color, it's vibrant, it's alive and the world is alive and you are more alive in contact with the world. And so there's that connection and that, uh, you know, essentially life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I, I frankly always found it confusing to do. I had, uh, and then I'd better get off because I've got somebody coming in a moment. I had two Myers-Briggs. I took two Myers-Briggs, and I was um, 49, 51 on introvert, extrovert, and then 51, 49. And I think I'm at both extremes, but I also think there's a time when it comes together, and you are, your energy is refueled by sending it out into the world and having it come back, but it also is refueled by sending it within and then it comes yeah, back. Yeah, and I see yeah, those yeah. more, they see the balance is almost like a figure of eight, you know, yeah. out, back, in, back, out, back, in, back. There's a, so I, I never quite understood it as one or the other. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a beautiful image, that figure eight of, uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is part of the Active Pause podcast at activepause.com.